for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. We have been going through the gospel series, and um, this is going to be the last of, the, of, the, of that series, which is talking about the gospel. And today we're talking about the gospel and the freedom to live a new life. And um, as we go through today, I want you to be expectant because I think God is going to break in and there's going to be a lot of the Holy Spirit working. Amen. Amen. Now, the gospel is about the love of God and um, it's the good news as we know it. The gospel is the good news, but the good news is about the love of God. And uh, if we want to do a good justice to this, we have to go back to Genesis. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 that God, in the beginning, created the heaven and the earth. And so God created everything that we see today before we came. And that is the love of God. But Adam lost it. And when Adam lost it, we inherited the Adamic nature of sin. But God had to find a way out for us again. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that is the Adamic nature we're talking about. Then God needed to rescue us from that. And that is the good news. That is the gospel. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says, Herein is the love of God made manifest, in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died. For our sin. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it says, This is how God's love was revealed amongst us. God sent his own son, his only son, to the world so that we might live through him. And of course, the Bible did prophesy in Isaiah chapter 9 of Jesus coming. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It says, of the increase of his government, there will be no end. In John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible spoke about in the beginning, and it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was its God talking about Jesus. And Jesus came and he died for us so that he can reconcile us back to the Father. That is the gospel. And I will tell you today, if you're here and you're not born again, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, I don't know how you have been managing because I don't know how I would have lived without Jesus in my life. And today there's an opportunity for you to meet him. Today there's an opportunity for you to meet Jesus. It is a come as you are party. You don't have to do anything. Just walk into him and he's always willing to accept you. I did that 30 years ago and that was the best decision I ever made. And today I'll, I'll be glad to introduce you to Jesus. And I'm not kidding. I'll be glad to introduce you to Jesus. I'm not saying your problems, you go away. No. 
because we're going to talk about that very soon. What I'm saying is, life becomes a lot easier. Purpose gets established. You get life with all that it contains, and it is the life in God. And when you accept Jesus, God says you become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. You become the righteousness and embodiment of the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Now let's move the gospel a bit further down. You know, when we give our life to Christ, everything does not just become perfect. In fact, at times we live in twilight. And that was the experience of Paul, the apostle. He says, he says in Romans chapter 7, verse 25, the good I want to do, I'm not able to do. The evil I do not want to do, that I find myself doing. In verse 25, it says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. So then, with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. So we live in the twilight. There is that thing inside of us. We've got the internal problems. We've got the external problems. But Paul was talking about the internal part of it. You know, just imagine if what we're thinking out, what we're thinking in our mind, can be published like that on that, on that wall. The days I was thinking on how to trip somebody and make them fall. The day someone offends me and I just feel I'll get to in front. If all of those thoughts in our mind can be published out there. And Paul calls it, who is going to save me from this body of death? Thank God for Christ Jesus. That is the twilight that we live in. Even as Christians. Now, when he took the argument further, that's Paul in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So we're no longer mastered by sin and death because when Jesus died on the cross, he says, hell, where is their sting? He took the power from death. He says, for the law of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son Jesus in the likeness of a sinful man as an offering for sin. And then he condemned the sin in the flesh. Brothers and sisters, I'm glad to tell you this morning that sin does not hold us down any longer. I'm not saying we do not sin. We do. We do. 
And that's why the Bible says, peradventure, children, if you fall into sin, remember, you have an advocate with the Father. If you fall into sin, remember. Now, what happens in practice is, when I sin, I try to run away from God, just like Adam did, like father, like son. But what Paul told us is, when we sin, we run back to the Father. Because sin is no longer our nature as Christians. It says, peradventure you fall into sin. Remember, you have an advocate with the Father. Remember, he's always there. If I miss it today, I run back to God and say, Father, I've missed it again. Help me out. Not run away from him. So, how are we doing with life? What do we do when life gets difficult? Where do we run when the chips are down? Even as Christians. What do we do? How do we face life on a daily basis? These are the practicalities that we face, isn't it? And that's why I want to move the discussion further away from sin. And because that is settled. I tell you, that is settled. God has dealt with that. Let's now move it further away. If you remember in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great witness, let us throw off every encumbrance and sin that easily entangles us. I like the way King James put it. It says, that easily distracts us, that easily takes us away from God. He says, let us run with endurance the race set before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If you take, take note there, he says, the encumbrances and the sin that easily be, be, I mean, be, be beset us. I think there are two different things. Encumbrances are things that we do which are not sin, because the Bible says encumbrances and sin. Sin, we know, was dealt with on the cross. But encumbrances, what are they? Habits, like procrastination. I'll do it today. Then tomorrow, I'll do it, I'll do it, don't worry, I'll do it. Then two weeks, I'll do it, you know. Then four weeks and one year, I'm still trying to do it. Amen. Those are encumbrances. There could be some habits that we're, we're, we're so used to. They are things that easily beset us. Now, for example, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. It says, you did not receive a spirit of slavery that returns you to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. By whom we cry, Abba, Father, that the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. That is one principle in the Bible that if we can just hold on to it, we'll live a good life. 
the principle of sonship. And um, Richard was, was, was talking about two weeks ago and was talking about sonship, that someone adopts someone, another, another guy, and uh, the adopted son can live under the, under the guise, under the name and everything of the father. That is what we have. We are, we are adopted unto God. We are like inside of God. We become sons and daughters of God. Now, if we know who our father is, then we should know what we should be as his son. Look, if I'm born into the royal family, for a, mo- for a moment, think I'm, um, uh, let me think I'm Ari. For a moment, just think I'm Ari. You know, everywhere he goes, he goes with the paraphernalias of a prince. Anywhere he turns up, it turns up with those, 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 those items that says, this is Ari. And it will never be mistaken for Leke. Right? Now, the same way, when we are sons of God, we carry God on the inside. In the particular scripture, it says we carry divinity on the inside. And that means... Whatever God can lay hold onto, we can lay hold onto the same thing. In one of the slides there, um, um, Charles Spurgeon says, "Sonship, is it, yes, the sonship is a thing which all the infirmities of our flesh and all the sins into which we are hurried by temptation can never violate or weaken." In one other book, I read Charles Spurgeon talking. He says, sonship, that, that, he says that um, um, whatever is said about the doctrine of election, because we are elect, isn't it? About the doctrine of election, he says it's like something that is written with God's iron pen. It can never be cleared off. But my argument today is about what happens when we eat the bottom in life, how do we work it out when we eat the bottom? What do we do when we eat the bottom? Do we see ourselves as the adopted sons or the abandoned sons? What do we see? Look at that. I was reading about eagles. When the eagle stares the nest and um, teach the eaglets how to fly. One of the things I learned was the eagle will carry the eaglet on the back and take them far high in the sky and drop them off. Of course, the eaglet, they don't know how to fly at that. They don't, they don't fly. They freak <laughs> at that point. And uh, at the point of falling down, the eaglet sees a wicked, a wicked mother, abandoned child, it was at that point. But before they could eat the ground, the eagles goes again and pick them up and take them up to the sky again and drop them again. The same happens to us. And that was the, Paul's experience. He says, and I hope for you is sure. I think this was in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 7. 
He says, and our hope for you is sure because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you will share in our comfort. We do not want to be unaware, brothers, of the hardship we encountered in the province of Asia. We're under a burden far beyond our ability to endure so that we despise even our own life. Indeed, we felt we were under the sentence of death in order that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a great deadly peril and he will deliver us. In him, we have, a place, we have placed our hope that he will yet again deliver us. That was the experience of Paul when he was going over to is that me? No. When he was going over to, 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 to Macedonia, they thought they were going to die. But he said there, look, we put our trust in God who is able to raise the dead. And I think in this verse, Paul was not talking about the dead as in the grave dead, but dead as in dead hopes. Dead aspirations, dead situations that we go through. You know, God is able to raise those situations back to life. I'm going to share a testimony of, of someone now, and uh, because I would like to give time to, for us to pray. Um, I met this boy about. 20, 25 years ago. His name is Isaac. And um, he gave his life to Christ. He was about 17 then. And someone in the church that we used to attend in Nigeria said, Oh, Leke, uh, this boy lives near your house. Can you please disciple him? If that is the criteria for discipling people, if they live near your house... Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. You know, but we bonded very well. You know, initially he started calling me dad. But later on, as we grew, both of us, he calls me big bro. Now, I'll take him under my arms, I mean, to church. We, we pray together. We share the word together. I was mentoring him. But years after that, Isaac traveled to the U.S. and was in the U.S. Navy. And before I knew it, he was drafted to Iraq for the war. Now, when I heard about it, I panicked. Because Isaac is like, actually like my son. I panicked, Iraq. Is this going to be okay, God? You know? Well, Iraq was okay. He came back. And when he came back, he called me, I'm back from Iraq. I'll be out of the Navy very soon. But something has happened. He had post-traumatic stress. And um, I never knew what PTS was. Then he would call me from the U.S. and he's crying profusely on the other side of the phone. 
I will be counseling him. You've got the mind of Christ. Christ lives inside of you. Stay on him. Stay on God. It never changed. Stay on him. Over time, we were able to conquer that. And uh, God delivered him from that. He signed off from the Navy. Then we got back on the, on the, on the, on the right track. But after that, again, he called, we, we talk all the time, but he called me one day and said, ah, Big bro, I've been best man to all of my friends. They're all married. I'm not married. I've been best man. I got suits everywhere in the house. I'm in my wardrobe. I've been best man to all of them. And people are trying to now matchmake me. I said, matchmake? He said, yes. Or do you think I should do that? I don't think so. Because God is able to give you your own wife, not man. Then we started praying. And I said, look, even though we're praying, you have to open your eyes. You go to church, you just close your eyes and read the Bible, see the sisters. You know, you, you navigate around. <laughs> no. So, as time goes by, Isaac found someone, that lady there, that's Christy. And um, I spoke to Christy once or twice. Yeah, she's a nice lady. That's fine. We thank God. But the week of their wedding, the Wednesday before the Saturday, Christy started to bleed. Who knows the name of that woman in the Bible that touched the M of, the, of Jesus' clothes. The woman that was bleeding, that touched the M. Who knows the name of that woman? She doesn't have a name. She's got a name. You've not been reading your Bible. The name is the woman with the issue of blood. <laughs> yeah? So just the same way, Christina was bleeding, and she bled for four years. And they thought that they went to all the doctors and everything, and uh, the prognosis was they would not have a child. I tell you, Isaac was going through different situations. And um, we, we, uh, there are some I'm, I'm not going to touch at all. Now, when he called me and said, bro, there's a problem. I said, what is the problem? And he said, this is the problem with the wife. I did not pray with him. Because I couldn't pray with him at that point. I've seen him over and over again. And all I did to him was, I read to him his CV, his resume. I said, Isaac, listen up. You are a child of God. You went to Iraq, you came back, you had that PTSD thing, remember? And God saved you from that. It's not changed. It's still the same God. And um, a few weeks ago, he sent that picture to me. I mean, because he was just telling people around to say that Christy was pregnant, which was just not what everyone expects. He sent that picture to me, which says we prayed. He answered. 
And um, I was glad when he said that. You know, I knew, I knew she was pregnant before then. You know, and I was, I was preparing my message at the time. So I called him and said, uh, uh, Isaac, did you mind I share your testimony in church because I'm, I'm going to be preaching and everything? He said, why not? It's our testimony. I said, no, it's your testimony. And that is what God is able to do. Now, did Isaac go through the situation? Yes, he did. You know, you have to go through to get the breakthrough. There must be a going through for any breakthrough to, to occur. And when the eat is so much, I always know I'm closer to it. When, when I begin to go under the, under the eat so much, I begin to say, yes, God, I know something is going to happen from here. And that is the same God I'm talking about this morning. That is the life we have in God. That is, that is what God promises us. When he says he's going to give us life, he says he's going to give us temptations, tribulations, everything. They come together in one same package. But in all of these things, God makes a way. In all of these things, there is always a way out. The difference between me and the guy who does not know God is, he doesn't know the way out. But when it's happening to me, I know the way out. Because the Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And this morning, I want to say, is there something you're going through? Is life so tough and, 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 and things are not working? Are you under pressure? One pressure or the other? Do you think, you, 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 have you asked yourself, is this the way I'm going to live for the rest of my life? The answer is no. Because Jesus knows the way out. The answer is no. If you can meet him today, he will touch you. And I feel so bold about this that he's able to do it. I've seen him done several things in, in, in my life, in people's life, and he's no respecter of person. What he has done in A, he will do in B. And, yes, I'm going to stop talking now. Want to, want to, want to pray. Are there challenges? First of all, if you're not born again, can we get our heads bow? Let's bow it. And anyone who is not born again here, just raise your hands. And that's all you have to do. If you think you need Christ in your life, just raise your hands, and um, we, can, we can pray together and get that sorted. Now, if you're going through any form of pressure, you're going through stuff, this morning, we're going to take the moment, because I know the Spirit of God is here right now. If you're going through any stuff that you think is a challenge, how is this going to go down? You don't know. I would like to join faith with yours this morning. If you can be bold enough to come before him now, and let's put it before him and see what he's going to do. I'm going to make a call. If you have issues that you want us to pray together,
Because God gives new life. God touches. He still touches. There are still miracles. He does miracles on a daily basis. If you're ready, I'm ready. Just come to the front here. And there will ministers to pray with you.